are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. we begin a four-week series on the Holy Spirit called People of the Spirit, and today is why Jesus said, wait. After he told him to go, he also said, wait. Uh, can you hear me? Am I? You can't hear me. Okay. Uh, I'm on, so do I need to change mics? Would that help? A lot of sound people in the room this morning. There we go. Is that better? Oh, my goodness, yeah. You know the church is alive when it's clapping because the mic is on. That's, that's terrific. All right, so today we do begin a series on the Holy Spirit. I uh, really felt the Lord had uh, the, put this on my heart. This is for grace this time. It'll, uh, so over the next four weeks, it'll culminate on Pentecost Sunday uh, with an encounter uh, night that evening. And uh, just so grateful that uh, the people of God are known as the people of the Spirit. But we're going to emphasize the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in action. It's God the Father, God the Son. God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God in action, and uh, the theme is that God the Holy Spirit does in us and through us what we cannot do ourselves. Is there an amen that you're grateful for that? Yes, he has the ability to do those things. Uh, Waiting, how many found is one of the hardest things to do in life? Uh, You know, when you're rushing to get somewhere and the light turns red instead of green, and then you have to sit through the red light again. You've been there. You've done that. Um, if you've forgotten how agonizing it is to wait, just ask one of the, stu- the kids that are in school right now, uh, is it easy waiting for the last day of school? And they will enlighten you. They will tell you not only what the date is, they will tell you the hour that they get released from prison, okay? Uh, but, but... The Word of God also says there's great value for those that wait. Um, Paul wrote that in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. The Holy Spirit among us as the people of the Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was present at creation and said that it, it was moving or hovering upon the face of the deep when the earth was without form and it was void. The Spirit of God was hovering there. In Genesis chapter 2, when God said, let us make 
man or mankind in our image, the Lord God took clay from the earth and formed it in the shape of a man. But it wasn't until the Spirit of God breathed into the nostrils of that sculpture that man became a living soul. The Holy Spirit is as necessary to Adam being alive is as necessary today for the church, for the church to be alive and to be reproducing and to walk in fellowship with the Lord. God's presence was there in creation and signs and wonders. In the Old Testament, healing, he was with them in select situations, a cloud by day and a fire by night. The prophets Joel, Jeremiah, others prophesied about the coming of the Spirit, that the Spirit of the Lord, the promise of the Father would be one of the signs of the last days in which we live before Jesus Christ's triumphant second coming to this earth. Zechariah wrote that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, the Spirit of God. When John came to Jesus, when his disciples came to Jesus and said, are you the Messiah or is there one to come? He said, you go tell John. These are the signs of the kingdom. There's power in the kingdom of God. God in action among the people of God. The deaf hear, the blind see, the lame can now walk, praise God. Jesus is the great baptizer, and on the day of Pentecost, as Peter preached, and they're all assembled in the upper room, 120 of them, the Spirit of the Lord fell. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues, and there were tongues of fire that represented the fire of the Holy Spirit that rested on their head. And Peter preached a great sermon. The reason we know it was a great sermon because several thousand came to Jesus on that day. And they some stood around, just like today, and they said, oh, they're drunk. No, he said, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. We... They don't, if they're going to get drunk, they don't get drunk till later on in the day. But he said, this is that, what the prophet Joel prophesied in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so the scene of the scripture today, Luke chapter 24, is that Jesus had been crucified and resurrected, but his disciples, for fear, were hiding out. And Jesus appeared to them. They were troubled and frightened. But they had an encounter with Jesus. How many are glad for an encounter with Jesus? Yes. It makes all the difference in the world. The Spirit, God in action. And he commissions them to go into all the world with the gospel. It was, it was a peculiar idea because to go into all the world meant that this was a religion, a faith that was made to travel. It'd be for all people everywhere, not just the Jewish people, but also the Gentile people. You see, up until that time, almost every religion on the earth was ethnocentric. The Jews had 
their relationship as the people of God and the covenant with the Lord. The Greeks had their mythology. The Romans had their way. Every tribe, every tongue had a different religion. And what Jesus commissioned them with, he said, on that day, you go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. What he meant for that was that in the grand scheme of God's plan, that this salvation would be preached until the end to all the, all the world would hear. Everyone could have the opportunity to repent and come to faith in Jesus Christ. But it meant that when, Jesus, when God said, when the Scripture says of the Lord that whosoever will may come, He really meant whosoever will may come. Can you say praise God this morning? Yes. So this morning we see people from every Maybe not every tribe and every tongue, but we see a lot of people here. White skin, brown skin, black skin, dark skin. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? It's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ sent forth in the preaching and the declaration by the Spirit of God. Luke chapter 24, Jesus opened their mind to understand. He blesses them. And one of the biggest Still, one of the biggest issues in the church is that our mind will be open to understand what the will of the Lord is for us and for His church. So He blessed them. And then He ascended into heaven. Can you believe that? But He told them that they would go. And they went and they were changed from doubt and fear to great joy, Luke says. And they were continuously praising God in the temple they had entered into a new reality because they had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus had said in John 20, 21, He said, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. And He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, it, it was, I believe, and most scholars do, many scholars do, that he was, it was a prophetic utterance of what would happen to the body of Christ on the day of Pentecost. But Jesus said, wait. How many like hurry up and wait? Yeah, how many? <laughs> when you're ready, you're commissioned, you're ready to go. But he said, wait for the promise of the Father. These disciples were ready and they were fired up to go, but he said, no, don't go yet, but wait. And I'm sure they said, well, well okay, but how long are we to wait? He didn't give a day or a time. Now, hey, how about that kind of waiting? You don't know when. But he said to them, wait for the promise of the Father. And 120 of them waited in that upper room. But what they did, they were all in one accord. And they were in prayer. And they were worshiping the Lord. And on that day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fell upon those disciples that were there and no longer was the Spirit of God just coming upon select people in certain situations as in the Old Testament the promise of the Father to was everyone that would call upon the name of the Lord can you say amen with me this morning amen praise God it's for all flesh so we said wait why the first thing is I want to share with you this morning he said to them and to us, because the Holy Spirit expands our box because our box is too small. Joel 2, 28 and 29. 
It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind or all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even upon the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Church, God wants to expand our box because our back box is too small. Could you say amen this morning? Expand our box. This is no gender. There's no specific generation that has an edge over anyone else. It's not male or female. It is for male and it is for female. It is not just for those that are old and wise and proven. It is for your sons and your daughters and it is for your young men. It is for your young women. And I am grateful that even old men can have a part. They can still dream dreams. Is there any old guys in the house? You can say amen with me. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Our, our, the task is simply too big for our capacity. God said, my ways are not your ways. And when he called Jeremiah, and he was just 20 years old, and God said, I'm going to send you, and you're going to be my mouthpiece. And Jeremiah said, oh, no, God, I, I'm, I'm not old enough. I'm only 20 years old. And God said, uh, listen here, young man, don't you know that I have plans for you? I knew you before you are formed in your mother's womb. God has a box for us that has no ends. I like that, those kind of boxes. How about you? He said, you might see yourself within your box of age and ethnicity and gender and what's happened to you in the past and, and what people are saying about you now in the present. But God has a box for you and for me that the Spirit of God will blow that our own box wide open so we can contain and we can do as the Spirit empowers us. Praise His name. It's like... Do you ever wonder how an airplane can fly? Has anyone ever wondered that? Anyone ever get on a fully loaded airplane and hope it will fly? Anyone, anyone been like that? You say, my goodness. Back in some traveling days, uh, there were, my Lord have mercy, some of the planes they put us on, there was actually prop planes. Not most of them were, were jets. But we'd fly out in those prairie states I've been on airplanes that set 11 people. That's all. And there would only be four of us on there. I've flown into towns that only had one flight a day. One flight in, one flight there. And it wasn't my jet. You'd go on a prop and the pilot would say, okay, we need some of you heavy guys to move over on the right. So I'd move over on the right. And then that thing would lumber down the airplane and creak and rattle, and you'd think, oh, my Lord. <laughs> if you weren't saved, you wanted to get saved quickly. According to, according to what we would know and think, there's no way that an airplane can fly. There's no, there's no way. It has a fuselage can carry people, can carry weight. It has engines that provide thrust, and it has wings. But there's one difference. Why the airplane can fly, and why when it gets to a certain speed, 
And just before the runway, sometimes, that thing lifts off. It's because the box that we would think has been changed for the shape of the wings. The wing on the bottom is flat, but the wing on the top is rounded. And it's not rounded very much. Have you ever noticed that? It's not rounded a whole lot. But what happens as it gets going and it presses against the air and the atmosphere, the wind that is forced over the top goes faster than the wind that is underneath it. And it creates this, it's actually a violent downward pressure that lifts, lifts those things. And the airplane that you would, you would say, this could never fly. And yet, because of that one thing, the box has been changed. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? The box has been changed. The capacity in that one area has been changed so the wind can blow over it and it goes down, but it lifts up and that plane can fly and go where no one else can go. I've, I've, uh, I've got a, bought a new pair of hiking shoes. We like to walk in the morning, and uh, they're supposed to be here yesterday. I don't know. Do I blame Amazon or UPS? I don't know. I'm tracking that baby. They're not here. I'm tracking Alton, Illinois. Man, it's taking a long time to get to the next place. Then they named Illinois last night. They're supposed to be here at 9 o'clock, and they're still in Illinois. I said, they must be taking a slow boat to China, because now i got a thing this morning. It's not expected until May 20th. How many, how many know you don't want to hear not expected? <laughs> you see, my wife and I are going on a trip to Spain, a missions trip. Going, Ellen, and going. There's some other pastors. The box where we're going, the box, they're, they're saying that you really can't plant a church over here. I just want you to know we're going to a spirit-filled and assembly of God church in the heart of some of the most difficult territory that's more modern than the United States that has been infected with, with just the outlook of this secularism that they live and die by. And the box tells people that a, that a church can't be built, a church can't be planted. If it does, it's going to be one person here and one every two or three years. Listen, we're going to a church of 1,500. That's the equivalent of a church of 15,000 here in the United States. And they have a six to seven million dollar project going and most of the people work in restaurants and hotels on the island of Mallorca. It's in, off the coast of Spain in the Mediterranean. But what we do know is this, that this church is growing. They have prayed to the Lord. They have sought property and land just like we did when we bought 31 acres, and guess what they found? God answered their prayers. They got a half acre of ground for 1,500 people. 
is any praise the Lord's in the house? <laughs> to put that in perspective, our ball field is two and a half acres. Our parking lot is two and a half acres. Take 25% of our parking lot. How could you ever fit 1,500 people in that box? How many hear what I'm saying this morning? But this church is growing. The Spirit of God is moving. They are somehow raising that money. We're hearing the testimonies of people being healed and people being saved. And they're going to erect that church to the glory of God. In fact, it's already being built right now as we go over there. But this is the first church in that island since 1960 that is being built to the glory of God. Can someone say amen? Yes. Our box isn't big enough. Praise God. The second thing is the promise of power because our efforts are not enough. So Jesus gathered them together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. And by the way, there's only one thing in the Scripture called the promise of the Father. I just... How many know when the Father promises something... And it's only one thing that's pretty important. Yes. So he said to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard of from me. Now John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Once again, is for all nations. It just wasn't for a certain ethnicity group. You'll be clothed with power from on high. New clothing. We, I want to encourage many as possible to help with this clothing drive for the foster kids. I can, listen, I... I cannot imagine what it's like. I cannot imagine what it's like to have to show up at somebody's door. A new family. So many show up, what I've read, with just a bag, a couple of things in it, come from hard situations. You know, the Bible says this, that that God blesses those who help the poor. So I'm just encouraging you. If you haven't written out a check or you can give online, you, all you have to do is put foster youth. My wife and I, we, we've already put something in, in the, in the memo line, the check. Just put foster youth. That's all you have to do. What we're talking about is 32 outfits. I think we can do more than 32. I really do. You heard what it is. An outfit's 40 or $50. If you can do that or you can do a couple, we've done a couple, or if you can do part of that, it doesn't make any... It's what you can do, but, but just do that. Clothing is so important, isn't it? You know, you, you know how you look at yourself in the mirror before you come on Sunday morning? I do. I go to wear something. I said, babe, what do you think? And she said, well, she hits here. There's not much to work with, but I guess you're okay. No, it's is better than that yeah but we both ask each other what do you think clothing is important but wait till you be clothed with power from on high 
It's the new robe. The new robe that comes with this promise of the Father. It enables us to do things that we cannot do through our own efforts. What comes to my mind is the blacksmith. I can see the blacksmith and with those Popeye forearms and the leather sort of apron and the anvil that's several hundred pounds and a raw piece of steel and the tongs. But a blacksmith, no matter how strong he is, no matter how experienced he is, no blacksmith ever takes the piece of steel and put it on the anvil and begins to hammer and flail away with all their might. They might dent it, they might scratch it, but it needs more than dents and it needs more than scratches. They might even change the shape a little bit, but it needs more than that. It needs the fire. But when they put that metal in the fire, those cherry red coals that are there, what happens, if you study this, something happens to that piece of steel, it, the fire heat actually changes the molecular composition of that steel. And then the heat softens that piece of steel. So when it's been there just long enough, now the blacksmith draws this out. He puts it on the anvil. And those big old arms, they start going to work. And the blacksmith knows what he has in mind. But it's because of the heat and the fire that they're able to do something. And I believe, God, uh, church, that God wants us to know, he, while He honors our efforts, that it's only with the Holy Spirit that makes us malleable and makes what He's put in our heart, that, that only makes it possible for that thing to be effective and formed into what the Lord Jesus Christ has for us. Can you say amen this morning? Praise God. It's dunamis power. It is power that is cross-cultural. I mentioned this morning I met a wonderful woman that's here from Ghana. She's here. Met people of Asian descent. We just thank God. It's every tribe, every tongue, every language. It is a religion made to travel. It's for the priesthood of all believers. I'm going to have the band come, if you would, at this time. Thank you. The third thing is transformation. <clears throat> Make room and be filled. I, I want to encourage you over the next few weeks, no matter how long it takes, would you yield your box to the Lord? Would you yield your box to the Lord? Would you yield it to the Lord? That's what you see, what you know, maybe even what you've experienced. And all you do is say, Lord, I want more of you. I want everything you have for me, God. Paul wrote these words in Ephesians. He wrote to a very cosmopolitan a church that had been planted. It was very cosmopolitan in that area. It was the home of a lot of um, Roman generals retired that were military. 
Um, the area was known for having a caustic sense of humor, but they, they tested and tried everything. And so Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. He said, therefore, church, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He's painting a contrast here between the world around us and the world within us that is transformed by the Spirit. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Just let me talk with you for a few minutes. Paul said that the best and the only antidote for the days in which we live, because they will crush you and they will crush me. That's why he said don't be conformed to this world. Everywhere you look, everything that that you can hear, everything that you can see, read. So much of it, there's an agenda. Paul called, said that the days are evil. I'm not saying the days are evil so everyone gets downcast. But this is what God's Word says. So what's the antidote for that? Because when you begin to recognize the evil in which we live, people are inspired by things. How about that tragedy in Buffalo yesterday? How about that young man, 18 years old, walks into a grocery store. My nephew lives right close to there. It's not a good section. But the young man went in there and he opened fire, and he selectively was shooting at African-Americans. They called in people. They had the security guy. He, they opened fire, but he, had, he was wearing body armor, and it had no effect on him, but he was also wearing a camera to live stream or to record the heinous, wicked, evil, depraved thing that he was doing. There's no little boy that is born and at age two decides that he wants to be some monster like that. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's no one that's born that wants to do that. Someone has taught him. Someone has infected him. He's been reading the wrong things. He's been looking at the wrong things. 
And the enemy has got a grip on his life and he, he is in bondage until he did the absolutely unthinkable thing. That's why Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit and keep on being filled. You said, Pastor, he's talking about wine. No, he's also talking about the days that they were living in. The days that we are living in as the church will force us into the box of this four walls so we feel safe. and We can rejoice together. Then we go back out to face this world. But how many know that the Spirit of God is much bigger than the four walls of Grace Assembly of God? How many know that this morning? Yes. The box that God has is the whole earth that the knowledge of the Lord would fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And you and I have been invited into that process. Understand what the will of the Lord is. When we form our own box, and our box is informed by other people, we begin to see people differently than what God sees them. But when we see people as God sees them, we begin to speak to one another in psalms and spiritual hymns. We begin to speak edifying things. We see them differently. Could you say praise God this morning? Yes. The spirit of this age will press us till all joy is gone. Paul said, Paul said that, but be filled with the Spirit. Something happens when we're filled with the Spirit. Something happens. Our vision changes. I have a couple pairs of binoculars, and I've watched our grandkids. And they'll, I, don't know, I don't know why it is, but little kids want to look through the big end of the binoculars. They can't see a thing. No, you've got to turn it around. Turn it around. And what you'll see, it's amazing. You, you see that, that big bird up in that tree there? Put those binoculars on there. All of a sudden, that thing is filled. Oh, my goodness. Look at the colors of that thing. You can, hardly, you can just make it out with your naked eye. But put those binoculars on it. Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. Friends, what happens as we draw close to the Lord, as we hunger and thirst after the Lord, the Lord will do something inside of you. It'll change, change our vision. It'll change our desires. I don't know how many have ever experienced this. You've been in what some would call a revival meeting. You've had an encounter with the Lord, or it can happen in your own, your own devotions in the morning, and God has met you, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the car. You don't even want to listen to that music that you listened before. How many have experienced that? I have. Yes. It just changes things. The big thing, the big thing as I read this, and this really got me, Paul wrote, you'll be making melody in your heart. How many could stand a little melody in your heart right now? Yeah. Listen, the pressures of this world, if we don't make room for the Holy Spirit, it'll take the, all the melody away. There's no joy. 
there's no song. Do you know that the people of God, the people of the Spirit, has always been marked by their singing? Do you, you, you know that? That's why in Psalm 137, we, they, they were in captivity in Babylon. They said, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a strange land? We sat down on the banks of the river and we hung our willows up in the harp our harps rather up in the willow tree and we said we can't sing before the Lord because of our circumstances and Jeremiah wrote back to them in Jeremiah 29 he said this is what God says I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and a hope even in Babylon you're to plant gardens you're to build houses, you're to have children, and you're to pray for the welfare of the city, and if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Praise God. That's what God has for us. A melody in our heart. We can, Listen, you can pull that harp down under the willow tree, and God can put a song in your heart and my heart this morning. Listen, a song that no one can ever take away. Praise His name. That's the transforming work of being filled with the Spirit, not just one time. Listen, Pentecost is not a club because you spoke in tongues and you said, I've got it, and that's it. No, Pentecost is a, is a journey. It's an ongoing experience. Aren't you glad that we've not arrived yet? Praise God. My experience with God and being baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, I'm so grateful I was age 13 and I was all alone. And the Lord met me in a powerful way. But listen, listen, I just want you to know, 57 years later, I'm glad it keeps on going. How about you? I'm not talking about that in the past. I'm talking about right now, here, in the present. I am convinced, I am convinced because I understand the will of the Lord that the greatest days for the church and I believe for Grace Assembly are ahead. Praise God. Praise His name. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Church, let's make room for the promise of the Father. Praise His name. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm, I'm going to ask you to... Um, I'm going to ask you if you would, I, I feel that we should, um, as an assembly, gather around here, um, just gather as an act of consecration to the Lord and say, Lord, we're making room for you. God, would you punch out the end of our box? Amen. Would you do that for us? Lord, we're, we're going to hunger and thirst for you. We, this, has worn, this has worn us out worrying what in the world the stock market's doing I don't know I, I have no idea my wife and I have worked all of our life in preparation for things and we're watching things all I know is that God fed Elijah by a raven by a brook now I don't think it's going to get that desperate but I know he's Jehovah Jireh he's my provider he's your provider how many know that this morning I know that he said, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. What he's concerned about is all nations being saved, all nations being taught and making disciples. That's understanding the will of the Lord. And if you and I align ourselves with God's will, everything's going to be all right. Can someone say praise God this morning?
So what I'd like you to do, and we do have some prayer teams that will come afterwards. If you need special prayer, you can come. But I'm going to ask as many as possible to just come around the front. We're going to offer ourselves up to the Lord this morning. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord or open your palms and just praise God and glorify God for the privilege that we have, but to say, Lord, Lord, we just desire more of you. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I want to pray a prayer of blessing for you today on you. And, um, and you're welcome to stay in God's presence. You know, Moses said to the Lord, uh, and he was used to meeting Moses, God face to face as a man meets a friend. But the Lord said, I'm, I want you to lead this people up from here. And Moses said to the Lord, he said, God, unless your presence goes before us, what else will separate us from all the people of the world, all the people of the earth? It's the presence of the Lord. It's not always in loudness. It's not always in great signs and wonders. Often it's the prayer that you pray for someone, that neighbor, you visit them, you pray for them in their hour of distress. Distress. It's that invitation that you invite someone from your work to come to church with you. God uses all that. God uses all that. And I want to pray for you today for grace. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we do love you. We thank you that you're a good Father. We thank you for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Lord, I commend each one. I commend individuals and families and households to you, Lord. Lord, our box, our box is not big enough. Thank you that you come you punch out the box. Lord, our efforts are, our efforts alone could never, never, never match the commission or the great commission to go into all the world, Lord. But we ask that you would anoint us. We ask that you would fill us, that we can disciple all the nations. Your word says, ask of me. And I will give the nations to you, Lord, for your glory and for your kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you would touch our hearts. Lord, transformation. Lord, today, Lord, that we can take that harp down onto the willow tree. And we begin to sing again with a new song in our heart. We praise you for it. I bless each one here today. And we receive our assignment from you, which is to go, to go. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Praise the Lord, amen.